Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We have got to take on the fossil fuel industry and all of their lies. I would not meet with the uh, supreme leader who said Joe Biden is a rabid dog. He should be beaten to death with a stick. The only people on this stage who have won every single election that they've been in are the women. Welcome back to a new season of Deconstructed. I'm Mehdi Hassan and Happy New Year to you all even though there's nothing really that happy about it so far. On today's show, we're reacting to last night's Democratic presidential debate, the last onstage showdown between the top six candidates before the Iowa caucuses in less than three weeks' time. I did everything I could to prevent that war. Joe saw it differently. I was asked to bring 156,000 troops home from that war, which I did. We have one general after another who comes in and says, we've just turned the corner. We've turned the corner so many times, we're going in circles. Oh, and the big question of American politics was answered last night. 30 years ago, (laughs) it's 1990, as a matter of fact. Yes, 30 years ago is 1990. But today, let's talk 2020 and the Democratic presidential race. If you're a regular listener of this podcast, and I do hope you are, you'll know that I like to talk about foreign policy. I like to point out the importance of US foreign policy. And I've been wishing for a while that these televised presidential debates devoted much more serious time and attention to foreign policy issues, especially to the endless wars and to the mess in the Middle East. Well, last night at the CNN debate in Iowa, ahead of the Iowa caucuses, and in the wake of Donald Trump's reckless and probably illegal assassination of Iranian General Qasem Soleimani, which almost led to a full-scale open conflict between the United States and the Islamic Republic, after all of that, we finally finally got a discussion on foreign policy from the very beginning of a democratic presidential debate. But, and there's always a but, it was a truly awful discussion, a right-wing discussion, a very hawkish discussion. The questions, oh, the questions. Would you promise that Iran will never have a nuclear weapon, as Trump did? That was a question for the Democrats on stage from the moderators. How would you stop Iran from getting a nuclear weapon? That was another one. Would you leave troops in the Middle East or withdraw? Are there any circumstances when you would take military action without the approval of Congress other than an attack on the US? It went on and on. The moderators from CNN and the Des Moines Register newspaper in Iowa were in full belligerent mode and spent a lot of the night sadly regurgitating right-wing Republican talking points on both foreign and domestic policy. For example, the classic question of how are you going to pay for it reared its ugly head. But here's the thing. While there were lots of questions about troops in the Middle East and nuclear weapons and endless wars, there were no questions about how we pay for troops in the Middle East. 
how we pay for nuclear weapons, how we pay for these endless wars, plus the new ones that Trump wants to start. But healthcare, how are you going to pay for it? Childcare, how are you going to pay for it? Free college, how are you going to pay for it? I mean, seriously, this is bullshit. It really is. It's only ever progressive causes that have to be costed and paid for. Blowing shit up, killing black and brown people in faraway lands, that never has to have a price tag. There are no budgetary implications. The money never runs out for endless war. By the way, I've said before on air and in print that every Democrat should answer the incessant questions about how you're going to pay for this or how you're going to pay for that with one word. Mexico. Mexico's going to pay for it. I mean, if the Mexicans can pay for Trump's wall, why can't they also pay for health care and child care and higher education? I'm just saying. But back to foreign policy. Bernie Sanders got the first question of the night and gave what I thought was a strong answer. Senator Sanders, why are you best prepared, the best prepared person on this stage to be commander in chief? Yes, I think my record speaks to that, Wolf. In 2002, when the Congress was debating whether or not we go into a war in Iraq, invade Iraq, I got up on the floor of the House and I said that would be a disaster. It would lead to unprecedented levels of chaos in the region. And I not only voted against the war, I helped lead the effort against that war. Joe Biden then got asked the Iraq question. Vice President Biden, uh, you talk a lot about your experience, but some of your competitors have taken issue with that experience, questioning your judgment in voting to authorize the Iraq war. Why are you the best prepared person on this stage to be commander in chief? I said 13 years ago it was a mistake to give the president the authority to um, go to war if, in fact, he couldn't get inspectors into Iraq to stop uh, what thought to be uh, the attempt to get a nuclear weapon. Uh, It was a mistake, and I acknowledge that. Now, hold on. Let's be clear about a few things here. It wasn't a mistake to vote for the crime that was the illegal invasion of Iraq. A mistake is forgetting to file your tax return on time, or saying four plus four is nine, or expecting good customer service from Southwest Airlines. That's a mistake. Voting for an illegal war based on a pack of lies that killed hundreds of thousands of innocent people is more than a mistake. It's something that should disqualify you from running for president, especially when we're still, even now, 17 years later, dealing with the consequences of that illegal war and catastrophic occupation. But here's the other thing about that answer Biden gave. It's so shamelessly dishonest. And Biden has got this Trumpian habit of telling barefaced, easily disprovable lies when it comes to the Iraq war. He often says he opposed it from the moment it started, which isn't true, and which even his own campaign team had to concede recently wasn't true. In the debate last night, he said he voted to give the president the authority to go to war if, in fact, he couldn't get inspectors into Iraq. It wasn't really a vote for war. Are you kidding me? Joe Biden was obsessed with taking Saddam down years before George W. Bush even entered the White House. Here he is in the Senate in 1998. The only way we're going to get rid of Saddam Hussein is we're going to end up having to start it alone 
started alone, and it's going to require guys like you in uniform to be back on foot in the desert taking, the son of a, the, uh, taking Saddam down. You know it, and I know it. And here he is in the summer of 2003, shortly after the invasion, heaping praise on Bush for invading Iraq and saying he'd carry on backing Bush over that war. Some of my own party have said that it was a mistake to go to Iraq in the first place and believe that it's not worth the cost, whatever benefit may flow from our engagement in Iraq. But the cost of not acting against Saddam, I think, would have been much greater. The President of the United States is a bold leader and he is popular. The stakes are high and the need for leadership is great. I wish he'd use some of his stored up popularity to make what I admit is not a very popular case. But I and many others will support him when he makes the case. None of this stuff was mentioned in the debate last night. Not by the moderators and annoyingly not by Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren either. They didn't really lay a glove on him over Iraq and Biden got off scot-free. Again. In fact, not only did they not go after Biden, but the two progressives on stage decided to go after each other. Here's the exchange everyone was waiting for, given the row in recent days over a conversation that Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren had in private with each other in 2018, at which Warren now says Sanders told her a woman couldn't win the presidency, while Sanders denies he said anything of the sort. CNN obviously weren't going to let that go, even though they weirdly never bothered to ask either senator what was actually said that night. Let's not turn to an issue that's come up in the last 48 hours. Senator Sanders, CNN reported yesterday that, and Senator Sanders, Senator Warren confirmed in a statement, that in 2018, you told her that you did not believe that a woman could win the election. Why did you say that? Well, as a matter of fact, I didn't say it. Uh, And I don't want to waste a whole lot of time on this, because this is what Donald Trump and maybe some of the media want. Uh, Anybody knows me knows that it's incomprehensible that I would think that a woman could not be president of the United States. So, Senator Sanders, Senator Sanders, I do want to be clear here. You're saying that you never told Senator Warren that a woman could not win the election. That is correct. CNN then turned to Warren and bizarrely acted as if Sanders hadn't just flat out denied what he's been accused of saying. Senator Warren... What did you think when Senator Sanders told you a woman could not win the election? I disagreed. Bernie is my friend, and I am not here to try to fight with Bernie. But look, this question about whether or not a woman can be president has been raised, and it's time for us to attack it head on. Um, And I think the best way to talk about who can win is by looking at people's winning record. So can a woman beat Donald Trump? Look at the men on this stage. Collectively, they have lost 10 elections. The only people on this stage who have won every single election that they've been in are the women, Amy and me. And the only person on this stage who has beaten an incumbent Republican any time in the past 30 years is me. It was a great answer from Elizabeth Warren, a reminder that she knows how to stay cool and dish out some pretty nifty attacks on her rivals. But Bernie wasn't happy about that last line from her. Just to set the record straight, 
I defeated an incumbent Republican uh, running for Congress. When? 1990. That's how I won, beat a Republican <laughs> congressman. <laughs> Number two, of course, I, I don't think there's any debate up here. What, wasn't that 30 years ago? I beat an incumbent Republican congressman. And I said, I was the only one who's beaten an incumbent Republican in 30 years. Well, 30 years ago, <laughs> it was 1990, as a matter of fact. Let me just say two things here. Number one, they're both childishly arguing with each other about this stuff, arguing about who said what when, each one basically suggesting the other is lying, while Joe Biden gets away with massive and much more consequential lies about his Iraq war record. And number two, just for the pedants among you, Bernie Sanders defeated incumbent Republican House member Peter Smith in Vermont in November 1990, 29 years and two months ago, which means that technically Elizabeth Warren was wrong to say she's the only one on stage to have beaten an incumbent Republican in 30 years. But who's counting? Anyways, let's have a broader discussion now of what was and wasn't said at last night's debate, who the winners and losers were, and what's going to happen to progressives torn between Sanders and Warren, especially in the coming Iowa caucuses. Let's talk to two outspoken supporters of Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. First up, Nathan Robinson, who's the editor of the progressive magazine Current Affairs, host of the magazine's podcast, and he's also author of the new book, Why You Should Be a Socialist. He joins me now. Nathan Robinson, thanks for joining me on Deconstructed. What was the highlight of the night for you? Well, I mean, the debate was mostly pretty dull as far as these debates go. I think everyone was looking forward to that one moment where we would find out a little more about uh, the allegation that Elizabeth Warren had made against Bernie Sanders and how each of them were going to respond to it. I mean, that's kind of the that's the big the big moment of this debate. Yes. And I want to come to that moment, uh, that debate in a moment. Um, do you think any of the candidates had a particularly bad night? Was there someone who had a, the worst night of all of the six on there? Well, you know, J Joe Biden probably wouldn't have had a very good night if it weren't for the fact that he had a great night. And what I mean by that is Joe Biden's performance was really pretty weak. Um, it was probably in the in the bottom tier of his performances. He actually seemed to earn the name Sleepy Joe that Trump gives him. But he had a great night in the sense that the other candidates didn't attack him. Yep. And, and he was yep. the front runner, right? Bizarre. So, <laughs> uh, Bizarre. We Why don't they attack him, Nathan? Attack. Why don't... Why why haven't Warren, Warren and Sanders, and I said, will come to their spat about, you know, what yeah. was said or not said in 2018. But what was weird was they don't attack him in any of the debates. We were told by Team yeah. Bernie all week long in the run up to this debate that we were going to see yeah. an attack on Biden's Iraq war record. There wasn't really one. No, I mean, he made the point that he's made at every debate, right, where he makes this mild criticism where he says Joe was on the wrong side and I was yeah. on the right side. Um, but he just repeated his standard attack and it's not much of an attack uh, but he didn't you know point his finger at joe and say you know the blood of iraqis on your hands um or even and, that your judgment was so bad it should be disqualifying yes which was right. basically what obama said in 2008 to hillary clinton and is also pretty true right i mean yes. it, it's a it's probably the, the greatest 
atrocity that the United States has committed in this century. Um, and so it should be more serious than it is. So it is, I, I find it bizarre that Bernie Sanders doesn't go after Biden more. I, it, it, it's really, really strange. And he Warren seems- too. I mean, the both of them, it's right. mad. She, she's got a history of bad blood with him over the bankruptcy bill. Right. I really thought during this yes. race that she would go after him. And neither of them, on Morning Joe the other day, she was asked about Biden's record. Or she dodged the question. Yeah. It's very weird and self-destructive. It is. I mean, the thing is, this is a primary. He's the front runner. If you're not going to make the case for why the front runner is bad and why people shouldn't vote for him and why his record is terrible and he wouldn't be a good president, um, how are you ever going to you know, get yourself above where he's at? Um, yeah. And instead, of course, they've they've now turned on each other. Yes. And turning on each other, they had this exchange, as you said, that everyone was waiting for. CNN asked a question uh, to Bernie about whether he said a a woman can't be president, can't win. Uh, He denied saying that. Uh, They then turned to Elizabeth Warren and acted as if he hadn't denied saying that and said, what did she make of it when he said it? uh, As if it was fact. Um, What did you make of that whole? This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Exchange. Well, I mean, I think Bernie responded as well as he could have, which is that he said, well, I actually encouraged Elizabeth Warren to run in 2015 and wasn't going to run because I wanted her to run. And of course, Hillary Clinton got three million more votes. So saying, why why on earth would I say a woman couldn't win when I've been saying for years that a, a woman could be president? Um, and then, as you say, they turned to Elizabeth Warren after that and said, how did you feel when Bernie Sanders told you a woman couldn't be president? And Warren didn't answer that, right? Um, she didn't renew the allegation. Um, I thought she did. Well, I don't think she said. I don't think she said. Um, I mean, I don't think she said uh, how she felt when Bernie told her. Uh, yes. Uh, but but she's sticking to her line that he said it. Yeah, and she said. Yeah, she disagreed. She's not with saying. Yeah, she's not walking it back, right? But she's not doing what we might have expected, which is like elaborating on what 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 exactly. True. We never got to say. the bottom of what actually was. It was weird. It was a weird journalistic misjudgment for none of those moderators to jump in and say, "Could you tell us what was said exactly? What was the exact yeah, phrasing?" It's bizarre to leave that hanging, and none of the other candidates it's obviously so were going to raise it. Right. Uh, it's so important because um, that everything depends on what Bernie was saying, um, because yeah, was it a misunderstanding? <laughs> Has one of them misremembered the conversation? 
and you could ask her, is there any chance that you that he was just making a comment about how per- pervasive sexism is and you interpreted that to that mean to mean a woman couldn't win? Um, and so Warren very quickly moved away from the actual allegation that is being made and towards this sort of pitch for uh, female candidates and for herself. And it was a good pitch. She got a lot of plaudits both in the hall and online. Uh, she was very strong. She came well prepped uh, for that. Um, do you think she's done damage to Bernie Sanders uh, over I the last day or two? Think, oh, I think so. I think so, absolutely. I mean, I think, uh, you know, from a position of being a credible pro- progressive, a person who has a big progressive fan base and then launching an allegation of sexism, right? A fairly serious allegation. Now, it, she may not intend it as an allegation of sexism, but all the headlines, of course, are Bernie Sanders thought a woman couldn't be president. I mean, that's a very serious thing to try and uh, tar someone with. Um, yeah. So I think I think it absolutely... What would, you say, what would you say, Nathan, to Warren supporters who say this started with Bernie Sanders at the weekend? We were told uh, Politico got hold of this script yeah. that his uh, phone bankers, his volunteers were using in which they were, quote, trashing her, to use the senator's own phrase, that she was disappointed to hear that Bernie is sending his volunteers out to trash me. Yeah, I mean, the script seemed to say, basically give volunteers a response if voters said, well, why shouldn't I vote for this other candidate, right? And it said, well, you know, Elizabeth Warren, she can't build the base like Bernie can build the base. And Warren said, you know, Bernie sending his volunteers out to trash me. Now, notably, Bernie Sanders has never said anything negative about Elizabeth Warren, right? There was this this volunteer script. It's not clear that he knew anything about it. Yeah. And, um, and then, of course, after she said he was trashing her, then she released, like, pressed the nuclear button, which is to say, Bernie Sanders told me that a woman couldn't be president. Um, And so it's a fairly extreme, I think, breaking of the pact of non-aggression that has sort of stood between them, where they really haven't said negative things about each other. Does it mean that they can't be on each other's tickets now? When I had Bernie on the show a few months ago, he was suggesting that she might be a vice presidential pick. I think it was everyone's assumption, right, that whoever out of the two of them won, the other one would probably be on the ticket to unify the progressive wing. I think it would be very hard now. There was a moment, uh, if you notice, at the end of the debate where Warren approached Sanders and Sanders extended his hand and Warren did not take it. um, And they seemed to have a kind of acrimonious exchange. I think it would be very, very difficult for if Bernie wins, for example, for him to pick someone who's accused him outright of being a sexist who doesn't think a woman could be president and did something that damaging to then pick that person as the VP. Although if he did pick her as the VP, he'd be showing the world that he does believe a woman can be president. Because <laughs> well, that's, that's the true. job of the VP, to be president in waiting. Um, in terms of trashing Warren, what do you say to people who say the Bernie supporters have been particularly anti her because they want him to be the only progressive candidate? Uh, so I've seen people have a go at you saying yes. that Current Affairs, <laughs> your magazine in the past, was full of praise for Elizabeth Warren and her ideas and her policies. Yes. And, and, and since she became a threat to Bernie, you turned on her. I've seen people accuse you of well- that. It's it's I mean it's it's a little frustrating because actually I think that's a sign of my open mindedness. I tried I was very positive about Elizabeth Warren, and in fact I said that if Elizabeth Warren was winning, she started winning the early states that Bernie should drop out and endorse her. Um, I was frustrated by a number of things that Elizabeth Warren said and did. Things she said on foreign policy, the way she backed away from Medicare for all, and as I and as I looked into her record, things that made 
made me, you know, and I've documented at length things that I think she said that aren't true or are misleading. Um, and I was kind of soured on her by her actions and, and her record. Um, but I, I feel like I gave Warren a really fair shake. Um, and I think that when Sanders supporters are frustrated with Warren, it's not because they're pathologically anti-Warren. Um, it's because they've been frustrated with her. And this incident kind of is the culmination of that, where she's lost a really vicious attack against uh, a candidate who's never said anything bad about her. Just uh, you mentioned about dropping out and endorsing one another. Uh, in terms of winning the nomination, progressives want either Sanders or Warren. Yeah. If one of them doesn't make the top three in Iowa next month, should they just drop out and throw their support behind the other to stop the corporate wing of the party, the Biden, oh, the Buttigieg? So. Yeah, I mean, I think that has to happen, right? One progressive has to win. Um, and if we continue with two in the race, then we're losing the central advantage that comes from having uh, multiple centrist candidates, which is that the vote is split between Biden, uh, Buttigieg and, and Klobuchar a little bit. Um, so, yeah, we have to really quickly progressives, if they're going to take this nomination away from the front runner, Biden, uh, we have to unify behind one candidate. So whichever candidate is ahead, the other candidate needs to do everything they can to support the candidate who's ahead and can win. Last question. Your new book is called Why You Should Be a Socialist. Tell us in a sentence why Americans should vote for a socialist for president, vote for Bernie Sanders. Well, in the United States, the people who have been uh, who've called themselves socialists, who have rallied under that banner, have been on the right side of history, from Eugene Debs opposing the war in 1917 to Martin Luther King uh, in the 1960s to Bernie Sanders, who was a fantastic mayor of Burlington, and people didn't think a socialist mayor would be a good mayor, but it turned out he was. Uh, there's a great American tradition of socialism. It's always stood up for civil liberties. It's always stood up for economic justice. It doesn't have a record that people should be ashamed of, and it's something that we want to carry forth. Nathan Robinson, thanks for joining me on Deconstructed. Thanks so much. Nice to be with you. That was Nathan Robinson, Bernie Sanders supporter, editor of Current Affairs magazine, author of the book Why You Should Be a Socialist. Uh, I'm joined now by Murshid Zahid, a Democratic Party strategist, uh, former advisor and aide to then-Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid, and a strong supporter of Senator Elizabeth Warren. Murshid Zahid, thanks so much for joining me on Deconstructed. What did you make of tonight's debate? Was there a moment that stood out for you? I have to say I am beyond pleasantly surprised by the incredible performance of Senator Elizabeth Warren today. Uh, I have seen every one of these debates. I believe this is by far the strongest performance she has ever had. And I think it's, she's, it's the strongest performance of any candidate uh, during this entire campaign season. Think about the intense pressure that she has been under for last 48, 72 hours. I mean, the dramatic day yesterday until the statement came out. I mean, talk about the, the kind of nerve that she was under in, the pressure that she was facing. And the way she came out the last, the first 30 or 40 minutes, she crushed it. Interesting. So you, obviously you're a big supporter of Elizabeth Warren. I'm not surprised to hear you say she had a great night and she won the debate. So let me ask you this instead. Who do you think had the worst night? I think Bernie had a hard time. I, I think I, I have to say I was very surprised the way Bernie reacted to the question about the one on one 
exchange, uh, interactions, uh, the dinner that Senator Warren and Senator Sanders had. I really thought that was a golden moment for him to take the high road and and take the graceful road of really. What should he have said? I mean, should he not? He he doesn't believe he said it, so why shouldn't he deny it? I think he should have. He should have just pivoted and say that Elizabeth and I, we agree on most things. And I believe she could, uh, I believe a woman can be a president and let's not get caught up in semantics. And this, she could have done the same too, though. No. She, she didn't, when, when she was asked a question, she doubled down and said, she, he no, said he didn't no, think was, a woman could be president. She was Come a, on, they, no, they both not, could have that's, de-escalated. That's, uh, that's not true. I mean, if you think about it, it was it was uh, Bernie who set the tone. But I also think Judge had a hard time. Uh, I think Buttigieg does not look uh, serious at all. He looks. We agree like, on that. He, he looks. It was like not he, one of his good nights. Uh, not that he's had that many good nights. Yeah, he's just tossing out word salad left and right, and and really has no idea what the heck he's talking about. And every answer he gave just opens up to further questioning and attacks on him. It's consultant speak. His answers are all consultant speak. You tweeted earlier tonight during the debate. Sad to see you said quote. Sad to see Bernie is coming unglued unhinged on the stage. That's a pretty vicious attack on a candidate who you yourself backed, I believe, in 2016. Unhinged? What's the basis for that? Absolutely. I mean, look, that, that, that was the instant reaction, and I was not the only one. He got into semantics of that he said, she said debate. It's never a good position, good dynamics for a guy to be in when he is in a position that he has to uh, be in a he said, she said position. And he could have taken the graceful route and say that we obviously we had a misunderstanding. I don't see it that way. But I also hear and appreciate where Senator Warren is coming from. And I ultimately agree a woman can be president and just let it go. But here's what I don't get. I, for me, I felt like they were both being a little bit childish. There was that weird, awkward moment where they argued about whether uh, Senator Warren was right to say she was the only person on stage to have defeated a Republican incumbent in 30 years. And then they were arguing whether 1990 was 30 years ago or not. Why didn't, why didn't she let that go? Look, I believe Elizabeth. She's right that a woman can win. And she's right women should win. And here's why I think that. You know, I, I think it, it is... It, it, it is time in terms of where this country is. It is time where the moment we're in. But Murshid, we never got to the bottom tonight of what, who said what in that conversation. The moderators didn't actually ask either of them what was exactly said. But here's what I don't get. Uh, clearly, clearly, these two friends got into a fight tonight, got into a spat tonight. Um, what I don't get is you say she's a fighter and she is a fighter. And yet, I didn't see her go after Joe Biden very much tonight. Why didn't she go after Joe Biden in a much tougher way? It was not just her. It was Senator, uh, Bernie Sanders didn't do much. Agreed. Neither of them went after Sanders, Biden. And I Why? think that's a good question that you all need to ask both um, both campaigns. Yeah. That's, I, think that's, I think that's a great question. I'm in total agreement with you. I would like to yeah. see we discuss uh, Senator Biden's record on bankruptcy issues. I would like to see we discuss Senator Biden's terrible record when it comes to our foreign policy in terms of how he cheerleaded Bush going to war against Iraq. Yes. I want to discuss all of that. And I, I'm frankly stunned that we didn't get a chance to see that. Perhaps it could be attributed to the way CNN set up the debate. You know, they ask a lot of these questions that are clearly tilted towards the right, you know, and, Very uh, much in a so. corporate I, I agree with that. I, so, I, so I, was that, that on, I was saying that on the show uh, earlier. In terms of winning the nomination, uh, progressives want 
either Sanders or Warren as the candidate. If one of them doesn't make the top three in Iowa next month, should they just drop out and throw their support behind the other in order to stop Biden and or Buttigieg? I think everybody should compete hard with everything they have as long as they have the resources. If they have the resources to compete, they have ideas to share, they should keep competing. And and I have been in enough politics for a long time to know that you, I'm, I'm not going to make predictions of what is going to happen in 18 days or 17 days and who should do what. You know, I work not on- a prediction. I'm just wondering whether you're worried that they're going to carry on splitting no. the left vote and allow a corporate wing candidate through the middle. My focus is on Pres- uh, President Warren. <laughs> My focus is on Senator Warren and, and the campaign she's running. And she's right in the thick of it. People have tried to pronounce her campaign dead over and over again, yet she keeps True. coming back. And she just keeps coming back. And she keeps coming back, despite dealing with misogyny and sexism and all ends, despite facing attacks from the right, from the left, from the corporate, I mean, the hard, hard, hard left, uh, the corporate media, the White House, everywhere i mean you can see right now president trump don donald trump jr is uh, essentially taking bernie sanders side uh on twitter right now um they're taking hits from everybody here she is within uh, two or three points and as good a chance as anyone so i i'm not ready to uh, really think beyond iowa and new hampshire and we, we can we can talk you can have me on my show then and i can give you another okay. opinion then last question if you had to summarize in a sentence a single sentence why someone should vote for Elizabeth Warren in Iowa next month, what would you say? In Elizabeth Warren, we are going to first time have a Democratic president in the White House who is going to use every strategic tools and executive tools at her disposal to enact a progressive vision in America. Murshid Zaid, thanks for joining me on Deconstructed. Thank you so much for having me, Mehdi, and we really appreciate the work you're doing. Thanks so much. Have a great night. That was Murshed Zahid, a Democratic Party strategist, former advisor to Harry Reid, and a strong supporter, as you heard there, of Senator Elizabeth Warren. And that's our show. Deconstructed is a production of First Look Media and The Intercept. Our producer is Zach Young. Our theme music was composed by Bart Warshaw. Betsy Reid is The Intercept's editor-in-chief. And I'm Mehdi Hassan. You can follow me on Twitter at Mehdi R. Hassan. If you haven't already, please do subscribe to the show so you can hear it every week. Go to theintercept.com forward slash deconstructed to subscribe from your podcast platform of choice, iPhone, Android, whatever. If you're subscribed already, please do leave us a rating or review. It helps new people find the show. And if you want to give us feedback, email us at podcasts at theintercept.com. Thanks so much. See you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.